I'm Gloria Panzera, and you're listening to This Novel is Happening, a podcast chronicling the journey of my writing, procrastinating, submitting, getting an acceptance for my novel, and whatever happens next. Hello. Um, For today's episode, which is episode 10, very exciting, we did something a little different. Um, I spoke with a good friend of mine who is an extremely successful writer. She has published two beautiful young adult novels. And um, one is called, her first one is called Paper Covers Rock. And her second novel is called And We Stay. Both were published by Penguin Random House. Uh, She's a former teacher. She's a writer. And then she's gone back to the classroom Um, And I really hope that you enjoy listening to us talk about writing and teaching and publishing and working with editors and all that fun stuff that writers do. So please enjoy the lovely Jenny Hubbard. So um, we have here today Jenny Hubbard. I met Jenny through a colleague at Independence High School, Paula Baldwin. And she, I was teaching creative writing and she said, I know this writer who has a book coming out. And um, she gave me your email and then, you know, we started talking back and forth and then you graciously came and talked to my creative writing students after they'd read Paper Covers Rock. Yes. And, And then I think it was a year after that and We Stay came out and they had read both. And you came and talked to that next group. And then it just sort of became a tradition. <laughs> My creative writing class. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm so excited to introduce you to all the listeners because they should know you because you're awesome. So I'm so Thank glad. Thank you, you Gloria. Just... <laughs> I, I, it's a mutual admiration society here right now. <laughs> we just love each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. So I just, I was like, Jenny would be so great because the students always love, I mean, when you would leave, they were like, that was amazing. Like they would just be oh. so just in love. And I was, and I thought, you know, who needs to hear a Jenny talk about writing is Anyone who listens well, to this podcast. Well, <laughs> they, um, they, they, they had obviously learned a lot from you because they had excellent questions. I mean, a lot of times questions that no one had ever asked me. So they, 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 you, it was clear that they had done their homework and you had led them in that direction. But so let's, um, yes, and I'm excited that you're writing now too. Yeah. It's been a journey for sure. <laughs> so uh, so what do you want to know? Well, let's just start with the basics. How, how long has this been, you know, your, your gig? How long have you been writing for? Well, I've been writing seriously since my late 30s, I would say. I mean, I was one of those people who... <laughs> graduated from college or graduate school saying I wanted to be a writer, but I wasn't actually doing the work. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think until I started teaching, um, it wasn't until then that I really understood how, how hard it was going to be to write a, a novel, which was my goal. Mm. And, um, so I, 
you know, I have a lot of failed novels in the drawer <laughs> that say burn upon, you know, right. <laughs> burn upon finding this. But but it's like anything. It's it just takes a lot of practice. And I mm-hmm. tell my students that it's it's sort of like playing golf. I mean, it takes years and years to get pretty good at that. It takes years to 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 be able to shoot par on an 18 hole course. Right. And I think I think writing is like that too. When I first got uh, when I first got an agent, my agent Jonathan Lyons, who's with Curtis Brown in New York, he said, "I bet this is your third novel." And it was my and and he meant it's the third one that you've written. And mm-hmm. I said, well, how did you know that? And he said, because that's just that's usually how long it takes for an for a novelist to hit it, hit the stride. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got a, your first novel you practice on, mm-hmm. you know, you see what's wrong with it. You write another one. You um, you learn from that. And then and then bingo, it starts to fall in place. So that's a really long-winded answer to your question. But, <laughs> I, you know, I, I started writing as soon as I was old enough to hold a pencil. I've mm-hmm. always loved the act, the feeling of putting a, a writing utensil to paper. There's mm-hmm. just something about it that makes me feel connected do you to, do do you do stuff by hand like all the time or do you are you just straight onto the computer? Uh, no, I wish I could. I wish I had that kind of time. But the older I get, I, I realize that time is 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 so precious, and <laughs> so I can type a lot faster than I can write. Yes. Although I do carry a little notebook around with me in my handbag or in my pocket mm-hmm. so that if you know if I'm sitting in a you know in a restaurant waiting for a friend and the friend mm-hmm. is late I've got something you know I, to do mm-hmm. and um, I'll just pull that notebook out and maybe write a little bit in that but otherwise no I type yeah, on a computer. I, I used to do everything by hand in fact this novel that I that is coming out um, was all done by hand and then like, it was the same thing. It was like, well, I don't have time to start and finish every project by hand. I have to start typing it. So I'll start on paper, but then I always go, like, maybe the first yeah. paragraph is by hand, and then I can just kind of go from there. But there's <laughs> there's no time to be able to do a huge project like that by hand, for sure. No. Can you, and can you, I mean, it just blows my mind that someone like Jane Austen, who was writing everything by hand, yeah, <laughs> got as much work done as she did. I mean, she died when she was 42. Right. But she didn't have Netflix, so that might have been, <laughs> the internet didn't exist then. And I think that sucks up a lot of time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I, she was very productive, but <laughs> she didn't have Netflix, so I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't we all be that productive if we didn't have Netflix or seriously the internet or <laughs> things like that? I don't know. <laughs> I know. but Or we'd get stuck. I mean, it rains in England a lot. I mean, you're inside. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of things stacked there, up yes. for her, I think. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> So I know you also write, you do plays 
and obviously you were writing fiction. And I was curious about how those are like, how did you come into playwriting? Were you doing playwriting first? Like, how did that happen? I I came into playwriting through necessity when I was te- um, I'm teaching for a year here at Woodbury Forest School in Virginia. I'm the writer in residence here, which is just a glamorous title for English teacher. But <laughs> I, I, I taught here 13 years ago. Uh, and back then, what my coaching duty, it's an all-boys school. Mm-hmm. My coaching duty was to direct a play. And I quickly realized how few plays there were for all male casts mm. and especially for uh, play, plays that were accessible to teenage boys. And so we just decided, or I just decided, and boys went along with me that we were going to write one. Mm. And that's how it started. And I really loved the process because with a play and like a novel, I mean, it, 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 it just, it becomes this, you know, living thing Mm. by the end and it was in in it's it's you know it's different of course it's a completely different medium because you have to factor in the visual and with a novel you 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 can you know that's so much easier in a novel because you you can have the narrator describe the scene or you can Mm. you can you know get it in that way. And so when you're putting it on stage, however, it's all got to be transposed into action. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I'm very, or I try to be really tuned into dialogue Mm -hmm. when I write, when I'm working on a novel so that it's not, there's nothing redundant about it so that words are, are actions or there's subtext there that needs to be revealed. Mm. And I feel like when I write a play I'm a, I'm, or work on a play, I'm a lot more efficient than I would be otherwise because I've, I've tried to do the same thing in fiction. Um, that, does that answer your question? Yeah, it was actually because it sounds like the process is similar, but there are like some differences with it. And I was I mean, do you find that because with playwriting, there's so much more dialogue that like it has helped with your dialogue writing in fiction or? Yes. Yes. I think I I think I know now how to pare it down in fiction so much more efficiently Mm. because I've had to do that for um, for these plays. I recently well, I'm working on an adaptation now of a novel a play adaptation of a novel by E.M. Forster called A Room with a View. It's just mm-hmm. a story that I've always loved. And um, I don't have to write any dialogue because his is so good. Well, that's nice. <laughs> but, but, you know, and I also learned that way. I mean, I've, I've, and same with Jane Austen, I've adapted Pride and Prejudice for the stage. And it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's, um, I think sometimes when you get stuck in in your novel, 
and it, it, it might uh, something that something that has helped me is just to open up a novel that I really love hmm. and just just examine even just a page. How is this writer doing this? And mm-hmm. then something typically will open up for me then. I mean, I've even taken a paragraph and just a, from another another novel and just typed it out just to sort of feel like feel mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's writing, writing plays too is, is at some point it's going to be collaborative, you know, at some Mm -hmm. point you're going to get a team of actors in so that you can hear it out loud. If if you're lucky to get it on stage, you're going to have a director interpreting it. And so, and so you, um, when it, when it comes to that, you have to relinquish control, which is Mm -hmm. not always easy and with a novel, you have complete control. Mm-hmm. Even and, after you're working with editors and things like that? Well, or... that, yes. I mean, I've been lucky in that the, the two editors I've worked with mm-hmm. have pointed out what they see are the flaws, have helped me through them, but ultimately if I feel if I feel really strongly about something, they say, Okay. Okay. Well, I've never nice. <laughs> I've never I've never had a fight over fight for something mm-hmm. that I really believed in. I um an example was this in Paper Covers Rock, which is set in an all boys boarding school, mm-hmm. uh, my protagonist Alex writes poems and the poems are part of the novel Mm -hmm. and he's a really introspective 17 year old and my editor said my editor who uh grew up in queens went to college in queens new york never left queens new york Mm -hmm. found it implausible that a 17 year old boy and and she didn't say from North Carolina, but I think she might have meant that mm-hmm. was 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 this sophisticated and articulate and or able to articulate his feelings. And I said, Okay, listen, I've taught these boys. I'm not making this up. This mm-hmm. is this they are. And and she backed down. Mm. She said, Okay, all right. Well, and also, who wants to read bad poems? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if it's poems, are going to be part of it. I don't want to read, because, I mean, you know when you teach teenagers, sometimes their poems are amazing, but then some of them, not so much. (laughs) So, yes, I I don't want to read bad poems. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) But... (laughs) Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I mean, even if it is a bad. stretch. Yeah. And they can't. I mean, I always joke that I I want to compile like a big epic poem of some of the lines from my students that are just, oh, whew, and like yeah. call it like the cliche or something really cliche, <laughs> <laughs> because that's what a lot of them are. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. True. So I was curious since you brought talking about paper covers rock, um, what the process was for getting that novel published, just like well from manuscript when, to the end. Yeah, it was a it was um um everybody's got a story and this is mine. I I knew I sensed that 
it was a young adult novel and not a, an adult novel. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really wasn't even thinking about audience when I started it. And, but once I finished it, I, 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 I did. And so I went to a writer's conference in Vermont for 10 days that, and, um, that, focused on young adult literature, mm-hmm. or at least I got into the young adult literature section of the conference. And my teacher, Kathy Appelt, who's a children's, writes children's and middle grade books, liked it. And like the, the part that I, sh- that I sh- showed her, and she called me aside at the end of the conference and said, listen, I'm not saying this to anybody else, so please don't broadcast it but I think you've got a really good book here Hmm. and when you're when you recast it and when you shape it and 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 do all those things that you know that you need to do to it send it to me because I haven't I know an agent who might like to represent you Hmm. and so that's how it happened for me and so I worked on that book fast and furiously for three months I sent it to her she sent it to Jonathan Lyons and Hmm he wanted to represent it. I was very, very lucky. I was just in the right place at the right time. And I never had to go through what most writers go through, which is finding, you know, finding an agent through query letters, Mm -hmm. which I know is exhausting. And I had actually tried that angle at first Mm. and did have one, maybe two agents that like the first 10 pages, then like this, the, the next 40. Mm-hmm. And then after that said no. So mm-hmm. I, um, but that, but it took, you know, it took 40, probably 40 query letters before I, before I got to even to that point. Right. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about your process for getting an agent, but it sounds, I mean, it was, Sounds like serendipitous. <laughs> it was, and, it, it and you know, I, I I'm asked that question a lot, and mm-hmm. what I tell writers who have novels that that they feel like are ready to 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 share, I, find a writer who's similar to you, mm-hmm. um, either um, probably subject matter, maybe audience. And and find out who that that their agent is mm-hmm. or their agents are, and start there. Mm. Um, and you know that's pretty easy to find out now these yeah. days. That's and I, I mean and you know just I think just starting just <laughs> throw you know completely. Right. Um, what am I trying to say? I mean just just starting with A's and moving down through Z's and just going at it that way is, is, is probably not the most efficient way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think too, like, I mean, I think with like rum punch press, we'll get a lot of, we don't publish poetry, but people submit poetry to us all the time. And it's like, take just two seconds (laughs) to just see what we're publishing before you're sending. And I think it's the same thing when you're querying. Yes. Anybody. Yes. An agent, a publisher, like it's the same like take two minutes to just check if they're even right. interested in what you're writing. Cause if not, you've just wasted time sending it and 
thank goodness for like being able to submit things online where you're not sending things through the mail, but. Oh know. my gosh, I know. Like, I mean, but it's, it, yeah. But what you're saying is just do a little homework and that's, that's, I'm saying the same thing too. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I was curious since you, when you were working with, um, your editor for Paper Covers Rock, like what your revision process looked like, or was there a lot of revision that happened with that novel? Yes. Yes, there was. Um, it was mostly with plot and with pacing. Mm. And I'm, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at both of those. I'm still not very good at it. <laughs> and, um, and, and one thing I'll do... And, and, and this is where Netflix comes in is I'll watch a, a crime, a crime show because the pacing and plot is always, you know, fast mm-hmm. uh, and, or I'll read a crime novel and try to get, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I get, I get sort of bogged down in description and feeling and that, that's just, that's that's what we had to cut out of mm. a lot of paper with paper covers rock and so we did most of, it was, I would say it was about six months of back and forth mm-hmm. um, and we did it through email through a program on Microsoft Word track changes mm-hmm. you know and they would and then I, I, you know it, when when we felt like it was in pretty good shape then it went to the copy editor and she found things that needed fixing and then mm-hmm. so we went through it with with her and the I I don't I don't really I, I think it was about six months and it mm-hmm. and we oh and also there was some phone conversation that went on mm. and uh, it was pretty really involved I mean, I th- you know, I thought it was I thought it was finished when I sent it to Jonathan, and then mm. he 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 had some a lot of suggestions, so I revised it before he tried to sell it. So it 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 was. Um, I mean, they 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 believed. I, I guess the, I guess there was enough good there that they felt like it wasn't going to be too big of a project, but. Um, I don't, I'm lucky that I have an agent who will do that. Right. Who will help me shape it. Hmm. Not all agents do that. I don't guess. I don't know. I don't have an agent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not there yet, I guess. Um, Hey, but listen to this. This is great news. I have a former student Hmm. who's just, who's an agent now Hmm. and she, um, so remind me to tell you about her, yes, Gloria. For sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Happy to pass her, pass you along to her. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's looking for new, she's looking for new clients. She's sweet. Said. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about like the revision process, um, because when like with the, with what's happening with unsolicited press, um, is, you know, they gave me, you know, they accepted it and they told me, okay, um, on January 1st, send us the full manuscript because they accepted it with three chapters and then they hadn't read the whole thing, which now has me like in a total like paranoia spiral. 
I'm like, yes. they have the whole thing now. What, what, you know, what if they hate? I don't think they're, obviously they're not going to hate it, but like, I just get really nervous. And so I've been thinking about, you know, I sent it on January 1st. I'm not supposed to hear back until February 1st, which is Friday. So like soon. And I'm so curious, like what the revision is going to look like, because I already did like a nice big, you know, before I sent it in January, I sent you know, yeah. I did a big haul, like rehaul and fixed some stuff and added some stuff and took some stuff out. And now I'm just wondering like, what are the next four or five? Cause I think we've s- set up like four or five months for revision. That's, I think you can handle that. I mean, that's, that sounds about right. I mean, I wish I could find, I wish I could remember some examples, but I just couldn't believe the stuff that they would find that had never <laughs> occurred to me. You right. know, it just never, I never would have seen it. Not if I'd revised it for 10 more years. I, I mean, think- it's just, it's so, it's, it's, it's so great to, to have that completely different set of eyes on it and That's, practice yeah. eyes and, you know, th- these were things that my husband hadn't noticed. My sister hadn't noticed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, they just, I, I, I mean, they just know they've done it so much. They just know exactly what they're doing. And, um, that's why ultimately, I mean, I just, uh, I just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. It was hard to say, okay, I'm, I'm fine with, I'm satisfied with this. I'm, 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 you know, it, it's, it's hard when you have to draw that line, but mm-hmm. I ju- you just put your trust in the process. Yeah. I, and I, I think about that a lot. Just, you know, the total, I mean, it's complete objectivity when they're looking at it. Whereas like, you know, I had my best friend who's also a writer and a professor of writing. I had her look at it. I had another friend of mine who's an English teacher look at it and it's like, they're, I mean, they're objective in that they've not read it before, but they know me. You know, I think it's different. Yeah, when it is. You know, I don't know my editor. I've never met her, him. I don't. You know, like I don't know what's gonna happen. And I think it's kind of it's exciting to have a total stranger it look is. at it and give you feedback on it. I'm, I'm really even like my professor who, like my thesis chair, because my this novel was my thesis. You know, she gave me fantastic <laughs> feedback, but it's like. You know, she again, she knows me. She's seen my other work like, you know, so what type of feedback am I going to get? I'm just I'm excited and nervous at the same time. <laughs> right. Right. So. Uh, that's that's. Yeah. And 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 then, I mean, you know, you go through so much. You're it's such an isolate. You know, you're so isolated until it gets to that point that mm-hmm. it's it's just nice to have somebody that you can talk to really, really get down to the nitty gritty details about your work with it's, yeah. in, you know, that's, it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's rich. It's rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. So since I'm going to be working with an editor, I was wondering if you had any advice for other writers who are in that same like process or about to be like, what advice would you give? To what, um, who are getting ready to head into what you're heading into? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Um, I think I, I, you know, there may be moments where you're, it just don't, I mean, I guess the best advice is don't take it personally. I mean, mm. they're going to criticize it. There's no way they're not going to criticize it and they're not criticizing you. 
they're criticizing, <laughs> you know, the story and, um, and, and, and it's sort of the same, you know, it's the same way that same advice that we give to kids who don't get into the college of their choice. Mm -hmm. They didn't reject you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's nothing personal. It's just, you know, the, the it, it, and so they're, it's, it's a little bit, I mean, I'm pretty thick skinned anyway. So, but I know a lot of writers who aren't and they're, it's, it's, um, so I guess just go into it, believing that they really do have your best interests at heart. I mean, they do, they right. do. And it's a business when it all comes down to it, it's a business and they're, and they believe in you, but in your work already, and so they think they're going to be able to sell it and they want to, they, you're in this together now. It's a partnership now. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that the, the years of MFA workshops should have me, <laughs> my, my skin's pretty thick. <laughs> I've had some things said to me in a workshop before where like, you're like, I'm going to be cool in front of these people. But when I go back to my room, I will be sobbing. <laughs> But, yeah. You know, yes. I've built I mean, that nice layer. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never cried, but I did get mad. I remember getting really mad a couple times, but you know, that's just, it's, 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 it's just, you've just had such an intimate relationship with these words for so long. And, yes. and um, you know, you just, sometimes you just got to let it go. You just got to let them go. You just got to, put a, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just, oh boy, I don't know. I mean, it's just everything, everything is about cr creating this work of art that you want to, um, that, 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 that you want to live and breathe out there in the world. And so, um, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. It's just scratch this from the whole podcast. I just got, <laughs> I just got, I just got myself sidetracked there, but it, it's, um, you know, you've, 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 you don't have anybody else to turn to at this point. Mm-hmm you there that's that's got to be your you got to you got to believe them you got to go with it you got to or 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 as i know some writers will do this they'll get really really mad and say okay i'm firing you mm. and i'm going to find somebody else and I, I mean i know writers who have done that and i i don't i don't know i just i, I think it's really important for for me it's been mm -hmm. important for my agent that I know my agent is a really good human being and he right. is. And I mean, that was sort of my one criterion. Okay. I want to really believe that this guy is a, is a good man and he wants to, he's going to do my, you know, he's going to treat my novel the way that he treats people. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately with the editor, the publisher, your agent, like your success is their success. So, yeah, I mean, if you I mean, to go and get mad at an agent or a, an editor and fire them for 
giving you feedback is it seems a little bit extreme. I mean, I guess if they're, it does. you know, it does taking me. a machete I mean, to your work, I guess maybe, but I, yeah. I don't know. I guess it depends yeah, on that's, the situation, but that's, you said it better than I said it myself a little while ago. Your success is their success. I mean, that's exactly right. So why, why would they, why would, why would they tell you something just to piss you off? Right. I mean, I mean if you fail, they fail. <laughs> the book doesn't yeah, sell. They're right. out too, you know? So yeah, it seems, I mean, it seems a little bit egotistical to be so, you know, even I actually, I heard an interview with David Sedaris who said something about, you know, he had, he had kept this line in one of his essays and his editor kept telling him like, Hey, like, you don't need this line, you know, you might want to take it out. And he ended up leaving it in. And he said that he keep every time people would read this essay, they would like stop him on the street and tell him like, oh, that sentence. And he was like, it was just too sentimental. And I left it in there. And he's like, now I really regret that that sentence is there. And it's like, yeah, your editor told you that. But you know, I mean, I mean, David Sedaris is awesome. But I just to say like, it happens to I think the best of the best that ego it does. Gets and, you know, in the way and and with with both with my editor and my agent I mean when, when it came time you know to start working on the second novel I mean they knew they knew what my strengths and weaknesses were mm-hmm. and so I mean and and you know I was I was impressed that 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 that, that they were able to know that and and then shape the book accordingly hmm so I was just actually going to ask you what the process for your second novel was and how it was different from the paper covers rock. Right. With And We Stay, it was a lot different because I was under contract to write that book before to write. I was under contract with Penguin Random House to write a second book and they and, and I hadn't started the second book and they knew that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 signed me to a two book t- deal when they bought paper covers rock and mm. but i was really writing under under the pressure of a deadline which with paper covers rock i didn't you know i just it took me off and on about 6 years to write so and you know and at that time when i started i didn't know if anybody other than my mother would read it you know it was <laughs> so um with and we stay because paper covers rock did fairly well i felt a lot of pressure mm. when i started that second book and I, I it almost paralyzed me at times and paralyzed um, how like just oh my gosh i mean somebody's going to be paying attention to this as soon as it comes out mm. and what if it's not as good as the first one and you and you hear that a lot. You hear a lot of writers say that the second novel is not as good as the first, but then you just get then you get to the third one and the fourth one, and that's all behind you. But hmm. I mean, and 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 so anyway, I wrote that book in two years, but I was writing every day, and I you know major overhauls on that book. I mean, the first draft is unre- would be unrecognizable as the same story. And change points of view, and I mean anything that got everything got changed. But you know, since then, I really have struggled. I mean, I have written three novels since then, and none of them 
have passed muster. And I've learned so much about how to fail and how to, that's why I'm teaching this year, honestly, because I just got so locked up in my head Hmm. that when this offer came along to come teach here for a year, I said, you know what, this is probably exactly what I need to do. Just put it away for eight, eight or nine months and let it percolate mm-hmm. and come back to it. And that's what I'll do in June. That's I will come back to this novel that I've been working on since Trump stepped into office. And mm. um, that, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. But which takes us back to teaching. So when you're teaching novels, you know, really good, good <laughs> novels to kids, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you know, when you get back to your desk and work on your own, that you really got to practice what you preach. And mm-hmm. I don't think I've had, I, I ever would have made it as a novelist if I hadn't been an English teacher. It's, I think there's something, I think there's something special about teaching and then going home and writing or I, I always, I write in the morning before I go teach. Cause like we were talking earlier, it definitely is yeah. drawing from the same, you know, part of the brain and heart for sure. Um, but there, I, there's definitely, I mean, when you go in and you're like, I'm telling, like, you know, they, a lot of times students will think like, oh, that word just ended up in that poem or that line break is meaningless in the poem or, you know, that paragraph in that novel is pointless. Like, why is it even there? And like trying to tell the kids, you know, every decision is intentional. Like I, I always joke that intentionality is like the word that the one word that my students leave understanding completely (laughs) because I think (laughs) like I mean we're when you're teaching you know like right now I'm I'm about to start a poetry unit but we just finished like a a writing unit and the you know the students they like they really I mean they're just to teach them to be like okay every word you write has to go back and prove the claim that you're making and it's like you know with the crucible you know like which is the last play that i taught like the kids just like you have to really get them to understand like so much which when you sit down to write you're doing the same thing but i don't know it's definitely being in the classroom forces i think you're right you have to it forces you to practice what you preach because then you feel like a fraud (laughs) yeah i know i know (laughs) Boy, I really bombed on the crucible, Gloria. I <laughs> I gave it I gave a test in that on Friday and oh, they yeah. just I I thought I had pitched them all the stuff that they needed and then I was just, you know, I thought I'd slow pitched it. Well, I think I pitched them curveball. <laughs> and and so Yeah. Only only two out of the thirteen. I only have thirteen kids in class. How oh, great God. is that? That's but, amazing. <laughs> I know. I know. Only two of them, you know hit it back we're mm. able to hit it back and I'm like oh boy yeah. okay so again just you learn from your mistakes no you doubt. learn you learn the hard way sometimes and I just you know the beautiful thing about writing it's the one thing and everybody has to have their way to do this because the world is chaotic mm-hmm. but it's it's how I put order to the chaos of my life I mean mm-hmm. 
And it's in these days, there's a lot more chaos than there used yes, to be. I mean, sure. we've got a lot going on in this country and it's hard to deal with and it's hard to take and it's hard to watch. It's hard so, and to di- even to digest it. Like this past week, I'm like, it's been like a dizzying, like this, just this week was a dizzying news week. And I definitely felt like, thank God I write <laughs> so I could just get like the crap out of my head. <laughs> I, know. Not, I don't even know what I how do how do people function that I don't know like they don't journal or I guess exercise mm-hmm. helps I don't know <laughs> got to do something <laughs> I know so I mean we writers are lucky that we have that no we doubt. we know yeah. we know our way through you know right no doubt um, I was thinking too like now that you're back in the classroom like how like. I know you said you're you're letting your your novel percolate, uh, but has has it changed your writing schedule? Are you still like digging in every day, or what does your schedule look like? Definitely not every day. Um, I I mean, this morning I work. I wrote all morning today, hmm. um, but I, I'm lucky if I can do that on a Sunday because I'm because I'm coming back in the classroom after, you know, an almost 13 year absence, well, about Mm. 11 year absence, I've really got to start a lot of things over. I don't have lesson plans from last year that I can depend on. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of, a lot of planning and, you know, extra planning, probably over planning. Um, that's just takes all of my extra time. Are you teaching the same, like do you have one prep where you're just, you're teaching the same thing all day or do you have different preps throughout the day? I have different, I have different preps. Yeah. And that's, I mean, yeah, I don't think people realize like I, my last year at Independence, I had four and I thought I was going to pull all my hair out. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You know, My, my dad, he's a, was a French teacher for, I don't know, 100 years, 40 years he taught French. And he would have like six or seven preps because he'd have like French one through five or one through eight in his classes. Wow. And I was like, when I had four, my dad's like, please, four preps, try eight. And I was like, what? <laughs> How is that even possible? <laughs> so, I don't. Yeah, it's madness. I have one prep this year and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, how, why has this not been my life? for a bunch of teaching years it's definitely helped with the you know being able to nourish myself with writing because it like when you're doing three or four preps it's oh you're pulling from that well (laughs) it's it's a lot it is a lot so when you're when you're writing do you have like a um like a pro like I have like a system that I use to make sure that I stay productive because sometimes I feel like I sit in front of the computer and I stare or I get distracted. Do you have like a like a strategy that you're you that you use to stay like focused? I I I yeah. I don't have any trouble focusing once I actually sit down. Mm-hmm. My my big strategy is that when I leave, when I get up to go do something else, I leave in the middle of something. Mm. I don't finish it because, like, say a chapter. I leave in the middle of a chapter rather than finishing one because it's so much harder to go back and mm. sit down again um, 
to and, and and stare at say you know a blank page if there are words on the page I can just mm-hmm. kind of go back into it and then keep going from there that's a strategy that really really works for me and especially now that I have such limited time mm-hmm. um, and anyway that's and I typically work in 50 page chunks Hmm. So I'll work 50 pages, I'll revise it, and then I'll work another 50 pages and revise it. Um, I mean, and that that's a strategy that works for me too. I don't try to look at the whole thing. I, I think it's, I when I was revising before sending it out, I had that same like, oh my gosh, because my book's in three, like three chunks. And I was so glad I had them already, like it was already part of the novel to be in three parts. Yeah, because it really helped make the revision so much more manageable. I can't even imagine if I would have just sat down with 200 pages and been like, all right, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, it's just not 10. It's untenable. (laughs) No, no, definitely. I was thinking about that. And the other and I've heard a lot of writers say that to get up in the middle of, you know, even in the middle of a sentence to just get yeah. up. like that's when you stop like right before you're done with the sentence yes, I, yes. I, I've done it both ways I find I've definitely find that it is easier to get in the groove that way yeah um that so I mean it, it's just it's you know you 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 learn what works for you if you mm-hmm. do it a while if you practice it just like the golf thing I mean you learn Mm-hmm. what 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 your process is I didn't know what my process was when I started but now I kind of do is it different now that you're teaching or is it the same just limited time <laughs> just the it's the same just limited just very limited so yeah. yeah it's frustrating right now I'm ready to get back to it it's January and I'm ready to get back so I don't, I don't get to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. It's like the countdown to summer has started. I know it's terrible. Yeah. Teachers are so bad about that. Go back in right after winter break. You're like, all right, so summer is in four months. I don't know yeah. who's counting, but I'm definitely counting. <laughs> Even though I have wonderful students, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're just yeah. It, I know my students <laughs> are wonderful too. Yeah, it's definitely the. I think too, like March, we always call March like hell month because that's like the hardest month of the year to teach. And we're all just like, we're, I feel like like every morning we like, when we meet up in the hallway, we're all like, all right, we're getting closer to March. <laughs> Are we ready for March? <laughs> like we're just, yes. like we're all just yeah. thinking about it for sure. Oh, that was struggle. <laughs> so <laughs> I know you were, you were saying that you are, um, you are directing a play, but do I you have am. other other things like coming down the pipe or? Um, but no, just that, and it opens on Wednesday. In fact, um, yeah, it opens on Wednesday. It's a play I wrote with a group of students oh, here nice. about the painter Andrew Wyeth, and hmm. so we we wrote we spent six weeks writing it and now we're we spent four weeks staging it so or labor maybe, of love maybe, maybe three <laughs> staging it and and now it's now it's actually going to happen wow so and it's it's frustrating because 
now that, you know, the, the actors have memorized their lines and there are things that you want to fix and you just mm. can't because right. you know, it's not really fair to them, but it, that's, 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 that's part of it too. Right. I the so was it you, since you wrote it with students, was that, uh, was that how different of a writing process was that to, to work with the kids? Yeah. Well, you know, it would have been a completely different play. If I'd I bet. <laughs> um, and so I tried not to, I tried very, very hard and maybe not entirely successfully not to push my, my through line onto them mm. or my agenda onto them. Um, and they, and, and there were days when, when we, we all just, bombed the assignment I, we tried to work in little assignments well, that's and yeah so and then I spent I, sp I spent most of my Christmas break shaping it up I will say mm -hmm. that but um but I had a lot of material I mean they produced a lot of material so I just took that and just fit it together nice I bet are they so excited to see it all come together? That's so. I think what they a are great thing for young are. people we, to see. Yeah, we've had some setbacks, uh, just setbacks in terms of their their own personal lives that we've had mm. to deal with, and and that's okay. I mean, you know, it's so so when it happens, it will be lucky that it happened. Let me just say that we'll be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> is it opening it's opening at the at the the school so it's the students at, at the school yes yeah. yeah two nights only two nights oh. only so we got to you know we have one two chances to get it right <laughs> um and that's that's uh that's very exciting and none yeah. of these boys have they, none of them have been in a play before so oh wow even yeah. more awesome. The, Even gonna, more. Are, have they gotten the bug of, you know, they're going to do it forever now? Because I know that once I find with theater, you do it like once. You're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Okay, I need to do this yes. forever. <laughs> I, I think they wish that they'd done it sooner. They're seniors, mm. so they're not going to do it again. Oh. And I said, well, why can't you do it in college? Of course you can do it again. Yeah, or community theater. There's no rule yeah. that says you have to... They stop once you're done with high school no exactly yeah, exactly definitely all righty jenny thank you so much i appreciate it thank you gloria take care well that's the show i hope you enjoyed every second of that i love talking to jenny and i could just talk to her all day um but if you are um, looking for the show, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, podcasts, please. <laughs> the struggle. Please leave me a review and tell a friend. Uh, you can also keep up with the show at GloriaPanzera.com slash podcast. While you're there, sign up for my email list. If you'd like to email the show, email us at podcast at GloriaPanzera.com. You can keep up with me on social media and on Instagram and Twitter at Gloria Panzera, G-L-O-R-I-A-P-A-N-Z-E-R-A. -E Thank you for listening to This Novel is Happening. Mm -hmm.